This is Kirsten Barrington-Hughes of the Carolina Film Community talking today with Bert Hess, the CEO of Studio South Holdings. Thank you so much, Bert, for coming today. It's a pleasure being here. Thank you. I really appreciate it. You know, um, a lot of what you're doing has been in the press and little snippets here and there, and I just wanted to have a chance to sit down with you and kind of hear the whole story from, from the source. I appreciate that because, you know, if it's in the press, it must be true, right? (laughs) That's right, especially (laughs) if it's on the Internet or Wikipedia. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. So, Bert, um, a lot of people will know either your name or um, what you've been doing from what you were trying to do um, over the last couple of years. But I want to focus on what you're doing now more than that. Um, And I think it's really interesting. I'm actually a South Carolina resident, and so Mm -hmm. I follow this stuff pretty wildly. But basically, you are building a film studio in South Carolina, right? Right. We will be building one of the largest studio complexes outside of Los Angeles on the Catawba Indian Nation land in Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is right off the I-77 exit. It's called the Dave Lyle exit. And it's only about... Uh, what, a 22-minute ride from the Charlotte Douglas International Airport? Yeah, the three things we always consider before we build one of our facilities is, uh, one, access to an international airport. Uh, We only have six clients, and those are the six major studios, uh, Paramount, Warner, Sony, Disney, Marvel, Fox. Uh, And obviously, they bring in their talent uh, from all over the world, so you have to have access to that airport. You can't uh, ask them to be jumping all over the United States to find your studio complex. The second thing we need is access to a crew base because, again, our clients don't bring uh, a lot of the crew with them uh, because that would just eat up their budget and per diem expenses. So we will be drawing from the North Carolina crew base and hopefully up from whatever's left of the uh, Georgia crew base, which is, you know, most of the productions are strapped for crew members there, but we think we can draw some up from the Atlanta area. And the third thing we need is ancillary um, items and entertainment for uh, our clients to do since they're usually on our stages anywhere from, you know, six to eight months. We can't ask them to sit around the pool at the Holiday Inn every weekend. So, you know, Rock Hill is only 30 minutes from downtown Charlotte. We give them access to NFL, NBA sporting activities and, and major, you know, cultural events also. So the Rock Hill area is a perfect location for this complex. It really is, and it will be such a great addition to the area. Um, You mentioned the Catawba Indians, and a lot of people that are not necessarily from this area and our international listeners may not be familiar with the Catawba tribe. Um, They were such a big, important part of the history of the Carolinas and, uh, you know, fought alongside our soldiers in the war against the English and were such a big part of the collaborative effort in developing the area of Rock Hill and that uh, in the surrounding areas. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, um, you know, what you're doing with the Catawba Indians to sort of, you know, keep their legacy alive and, and really um, kind of showcase their heritage as part of the studio? Right. And, and that's a great question. Our, our goal from the very beginning is not necessarily just to create an industrial complex that films are made on. Um, over the last year, as I've been dealing with the Catawba Indian Nation, it's just been a great opportunity to really get to know and understand the Native American culture. This is a great tribe that has influenced uh, American history. 
in a very positive way. Uh, unfortunately, it's a tribe, like most Native American tribes, that are in decline. A lot of their tribal members have left the reservation to find employment elsewhere around the United States. So one of the main goals of this entire development is to bring jobs, training, and education to the Catawba Indian Nation, while also uh, exposing the general public to their culture and their heritage, which I think once uh, they find out about the Catawba Nation, their history will be very impressed by these uh, by these people. That's excellent. Um, they have such beautiful lands there. And um, if anyone gets a chance to go visit the um, Catawba Indian uh, Museum as well, it's, it's an amazing place. Um, Bert, tell me a little bit about some of the people and companies that you're partnering with at Studio South, some of the people that are on mm-hmm. board. We have uh, three national strategic partners. Um, uh, one is a company called Lidos. They're an $8 billion publicly traded company. They um, are our design build team. Uh, the other is Pacifica Ventures, which is one of the world's largest soundstage management companies. And then we have a side business uh, that we supply our, our clients' uh, construction materials, and that's through Lowe's Home Improvement Centers. So we have uh, some big players behind us. Uh, we have a substantial board of directors. Uh, also with us that have been with us ever since we uh, were considering the Charlotte market. And and now we have the Catawba Indian Nation as a partner that's very excited about bringing this project to fruition on their property, which again is a lot more than just a industrial complex. Uh, it has different districts, retail, uh, healthcare component to it, and then obviously the, the major stages that will be built there. That's incredible. So it's really kind of a destination with all sorts of things. I think, um, tell me a bit about the educational component, too. Yeah, we we are very focused. Our board and our strategic partners are very committed to the educational process. And, uh, you know, there are no film schools in South Carolina. And the reason there are no film schools in any of the universities in South Carolina is because there's not a studio complex in South Carolina. So therefore, the schools cannot really show a major accreditation or a, a incentive to attract film students or, you know, specific film students. They have communication colleges, but uh, they there are no film colleges. It's, it's like trying to have a... Um, a medical school on your campus without being associated with a teaching hospital. The students are only going to get very limited educational resources in a classroom. It's in that teaching hospital where they get hands-on experience. They meet people that are working in that field on a regular basis. They have opportunities then for future employment. And that's what the studio provides the film schools in South Carolina with. We have internships, scholarships, mentorships. Uh, Students will be able to come on our lot and have those programs, rub elbows with people that are actually working uh, with the six major studios on our lots. And then they'll be introduced to potential employment opportunities that they just would not receive in a classroom setting alone. That is great. That's going to be a big addition to the area. Um, Bert, so tell me about yourself a little bit. I mean, you are spearheading this big project. Um, You're right at the helm of it. Tell me a little bit about your background, how you got involved in the film industry, and why building the studio in South Carolina is really your passion. Well, I... um, like most people, you know, our lives take different roads that we didn't think we'd travel down. Actually, at one point, uh, when I was in college, I really wanted to be more on the creative side. But at that point, 
um, you know, people didn't know how you made money being a creative person. There was always, quote, the starving artist um, analogy, and I wasn't into uh, that uh, business model. So I, I got into education and taught school in Florida for several years and actually got into business and and started a company called Software Services, got in the technology business. We had a um, private offering, uh, built that company into a company called Orbitron International, which had four subsidiaries, two were um, data processing companies and two were engineering companies. We did a lot of work with Epcot Center in the designing of the uh, lands around the lake at Epcot, which I really liked. I got to deal a lot with the Disney people, which again started getting me thinking again about the creative business. And then I sold that company and uh, took a couple years off and drove the kids to school and cooked dinner at home and really enjoyed that. But then um, a couple years later, bought a healthcare company called MedCorp of America, ran that for several years and sold that to a company called Columbia HCA. And then, um, you know, got in more of the creative business, uh, was involved with a company called Indivision. That's where I got to meet a very, very creative independent film director named Tony Elwood and uh, got involved with him with a film called Cole Storage, which was distributed by Lionsgate. Uh, and that's actually how I met one of my uh, current board members, a guy named Jeff Hoffman, who was a founder of Priceline.com. And then he was one of the... Um, uh, producers and executive producers behind a um, horror movie called Cabin Fever, which was 2002's Lionsgate number one box office hit. So I got in the in the film industry mainly from the business side of it, the financing side of it, the distribution side of it, the contract side of it. Um, so while I am in the creative industry, I, I don't. I'm not a director. I'm not a writer. I'm not an actor. I uh, I know my limit. Limitations. I love hanging around creative people, having run um, technology companies and healthcare companies and being involved with creative people. I will take dealing with the creative people any day. They have energy that you just don't see uh, with other people. They have passion um, that you just don't see in other industries. They're not looking at the clock at, for five o'clock to come along. They're just great people that help tell stories. And at the end of the day, we as human beings, all we have is stories. We're all telling stories. You know, people, bankers tell stories, lawyers tell stories, filmmakers actually tell stories that you sit and pay money to watch in a movie. So we're all storytellers in one way or another, and stories are what come, what attract us to each other. Stories are what divides us. Stories can scare us. Stories can make us cry. Stories can make us happy. So it really is dealing with the basic human uh, experience of storytelling. And what better group of people to be involved with storytelling than the original storytellers in the American continent, which are Native American Indians and the Catawba Indians. That's how their legacy and their culture has been passed down for 6,000 years, the Catawba Nation, through storytelling. And now we're going to use uh, them and their culture to get uh, stories out all over the world from our six clients. And you took the words right out of my mouth with the link to the Catawba Indians. That's great. Um, and it's great that, you know, 
you're not necessarily on the creative side because the person at the helm of this project needs to be someone that's more uh, fiscally focused and, and more on the, the business side and watching the bottom line and make sure it's successful, right? It, it is a business. It is a major project. It's an over $350 million project. Um, so I can, um, I can talk with the bankers. I can talk with the financiers. I can talk with our investors. Uh, and I can talk at a business level, but uh, again, this is a development uh, that, yes, we will make money and want to make money, uh, that, that you have to do that to have a successful development, but it's really about creating an environment on 120 acres called the Green Earth Property in Rock Hill that will continually be owned by the Catawba Indian Nation. They will continue to own the land and all the buildings on the property. My company is just a management company that will manage the entire facility. But it's really taking this land and having people, when they step on it, be it one of our major clients, be it an independent filmmaker, be it a, a struggling writer, to really get the feeling that they are on sacred Native American land, and through that land, they can be exposed to creative energies and positive energies and and things like that that you just don't necessarily get in an industrial complex in Los Angeles, you know, with asphalt and cement all around you. Our goal and our commitment to the Catawba Indian Nation has been and always will be to be as least intrusive on that land as property. As I said, it's 124 acres of the most beautiful land, I think, around the area. It's rolling, it's hardwood trees, it has streams. Uh, We're gonna create a lake. Uh, Out of the 124 acres, our first pass shows that there are really only maybe 84 acres that we can actually build on. That's good and bad. Um, It's good because we want people to be able to take a walk out in the woods, take a walk down the streams, take a walk to the Catawba River. But from a you know building standpoint, it constricts us a little. But uh, again, we're not going to take 124 acres and gut it and asphalt it and turn it into you know an experience. We're going to keep as much foliage and live and and, um, livestock and animals as possible on the property. So you really do get that experience of being out in nature, whatever you're doing, making a movie in a classroom setting, going down the retail component Main Street with the shops, or uh, you know at what we're considering building a state-of-the-art spa and retreat on the property, also with all Native American therapies uh, that uh, our guests could experience. Sign me up. <laughs> now, did you also mention to me before that uh, you were also trying to do some kind of sustainable, like green architecture and and pro- and program, like in your uh, architecture and also in just the processes of the project? Right. The the architects that we will be picking for the project, we want to make sure, again, that not only we are as least intrusive on this property, but we don't turn this into, you know, a smokestack type. Uh, again, industrial complex. We want to use, we we have a a white page of paper here of 124 acres that we can use and we want to be a green, sustainable studio. We will be using, uh, we're already talking to potential uh, vendors for solar farm out there on the property. Uh, We really want to respect the land as much as possible and energy consumption is is, and production is one of those. So uh, we will be looking uh, at a not your traditional 
architectural buildings or structures. You know, again, they're going to look, um, they're all going to have the Native American look and feel to them. Now, the sound stages, there's not too much you can do with those. They're just massive buildings. But uh, the tour event center, Main Street, the shopping, the the spa retreat, uh, they can all they can all have that visitor immersed in Native American culture. Beautiful, and you know, even though you've got this big complex with all kinds of things included in it, do you feel like there's going to be a knock-on economic boom to the surrounding businesses, like dry cleaners off-site and things like that? Uh, exactly. At our uh, facility in um, our. Our partner's facility is uh, Albuquerque Studios, which is which is one of the largest studio complexes outside of Los Angeles. They had over 300 uh, small businesses pop up around the studio lot, um, and and the economic impact that uh, some of their films have had on the economy in Albuquerque, from Breaking Bad being filmed on the lot to um, Better Call Saul. Uh, they're just wrapping up Independence Day 2 on the lot. Uh, it's going to have a huge impact when those clients come to Rock Hill. It's one of the few industries that uh, could affect the economy of the entire state of South Carolina. We've had several meetings with Gov- Governor Nikki Haley's office. They're excited about bringing the film industry to South Carolina because, again, our clients might spend six months on our sound stages, but they might spend two months at the beach on location shooting or two months two months in a, in a rural area in South Carolina on location shoots. So it's one of those few industries that the economic impact's not going to just be 124 acres. It's going to be more than an impact on Rock Hill, more than an impact on York County, and an economic impact potentially on the entire state of South Carolina. And Governor Nikki Haley understands that and is encouraging and embracing that. You know, and that's great. And and it's not just an impact to these pop-up businesses and so on, but there's also the impact of creating jobs that projects, that film projects create that are local. I know there's a lot of uh, back and forth and arguments over whether a film project comes to the area and they just bring all the cast and crew with them. And you already talked about that. But I just want to have you talk a little bit about, you know, if you've got a big film project and you've got, you know, 400 or more extras and you've got a bunch of uh, supporting uh, character uh, supporting a cast and then the crew and so on you're talking about a lot of jobs that have just been created for one film and with your studio there working on several films all the time you know what what do you really think is going to happen in that case well I, I think what South Carolina has taken the time to understand which unfortunately North Carolina, uh, did not take the time to understand is that uh, North Carolina was always focused on this um, full-time job category as opposed to saying, you know, filmmaking is part-time job. And what South Carolina has understood and which what we have promoted all along is that you should not look at it at a film job as a part-time job as opposed to a full-time job, you should look at it as a full-pay job because the film industry, uh, typically a worker in it can make full pay for working less hours than they would exhibiting their trade at a full-time job. An example is a painter in Wilmington 
They hired 60 painters for the sets of Iron Man in Wilmington. The painters in Wilmington were said they made as much money working four months on the sets in Wilmington as they would have made working an entire year painting houses in Wilmington. Right. So where's the benefit? If you're telling me I'm going to pay you just as much or more to work four months out of the year as you would to work 12 months, which, which job do I really want? I'll take the one where I make as much money and only have to work four months. Right. And to be fair, a lot of those people that are working four months on that project, they still pick up another job during the other months, right? Exactly. So. And then they just roll it over. And so what they wind up making is four times the money by being employed by the film industry. Right. And, and just because you're in Rock Hill doesn't mean, like you said, that you're not going to be pulling in all the wonderful crew base that we have in the Charlotte area, probably also people from Wilmington, Savannah, um, Atlanta, probably also um, up in the um, Winston-Salem and, and all the great cast and crew that we have in this area. Uh, there, are, there are so many talented people in this area that I've been able to meet being in the film business for the last 17 years that um, all they are asking for really is an opportunity. And they're very frustrated because of what has happened uh, in the North Carolina film industry, and, and those opportunities are shrinking. So what we want to provide are opportunities, and what they do with those opportunities after that it will be up to them. But most of the people I know in the creative and in the film industry, if you give them an opportunity, they will rise to a level of, of work that um, – is unbelievable. And people may be listening from other parts of the country or the world would say, you know, what's the big deal, right? Why not move to Hollywood? I mean, you're a filmmaker, go go there. But just for people to understand, I mean, the reason why people want to live and work in the Carolinas on film is because we live in an area that is um, comparatively very low cost of living. Um, and we're surrounded by beautiful terrain and uh, beautiful topology, uh, whether it be mountains, streams, ocean, you know, beach. Um, you know, you've got a lot of wet areas. You've also got drier areas, but you've got all this stuff. And there's a lot to do here. A lot of great culture, a lot of great food, great big cities that offer fabulous arts. Mm-hmm. Um, in Charlotte, we enjoy, you know, uh, great ballet, uh, symphony, uh, theater, like you can't imagine, um, Broadway-level theater. And so for people that love where they live, have great schools and have kids in schools and uh, and have access to all these great areas for a low cost of living, it's not a really great choice for them to just go, well, I'm a creative and I'm in film. I'm going to pack up and leave and go to Hollywood. Right. Right. Um, the other thing that's important to know is is we are in Hollywood. Uh, Studio South. My son works in our Los Angeles office. Uh, we are tied very closely with our, our strategic partner, Pacific Adventures, that has uh, sales representatives every morning in those six clients' production meetings, so they know where productions are going. So that's one of the reasons we feel that this development uh, will be as successful as our partners, Albuquerque Studios, are, is because we are in Hollywood. We're not trying to do something outside of the bubble. Um, which we've seen other people try, and unfortunately, if you're not in Hollywood with a presence, it's still very difficult. But that doesn't mean that Hollywood 
is the um, the only place these films are being made. I mean, you look at what Georgia is doing in the film industry. They are claiming an economic impact of $5 billion from the film industry. Uh, Georgia makes more money off zombies than uh, most cities make off technology companies. Uh, the uh, Living Dead has been in Georgia, I believe, for five or six years now and has an economic impact, they're claiming, of over $100 million a year. Is that The Walking Dead? The Walking Dead, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just uh, want to make sure. Yeah, the, what did I say, The Living Dead? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, no, the opposite. They're dead <laughs> and they're walking around. But, you know, if, if you... If you, um, the one thing that we're excited about South Carolina is is they they understand that the way people will make money and work in the future is different than they have in the past. Not everyone is going to want to go to law school. Not everyone is going to want to go to medical school. Not everyone is going to want to sit in a cube at a financial services firm or at a bank. They want to express their creativity. And uh, the film industry uh, allows them to do that. Now, there are a lot of other industries we will have on our lot besides just filmmaking. We'll have a music uh, component on our lot. On our lot, actually, uh, we have already sold the uh, naming rights to the music school to our board members, Denzel and Pauletta Washington. Uh, there's a strong educational component, as I mentioned, and we are, have already sold the naming rights to our educational complex to our board member, Ken, uh, Ken and Donna Lewis. Uh, so, And there will be animation opportunities, gaming, uh, gaming opportunities. You know, the gaming, the video game industry is a huge industry, uh, and people in that industry, they're not making minimum wage. They're making you know, a substantial amount of money if they're good in that industry. Uh, so there are a lot of more. There are a lot of more than uh, just filmmaking opportunities that will eventually be available for students on the lot. That's great. I think there's there's so much that you're doing there, and yet it all seems completely achievable, and um, it all is so relevant to what we need right now. What um, would you say if someone wanted to be a part of Studio South? How do they get involved? Well, they can uh, always go to our website, uh, studiosouth.us, and see what we're doing. Um, you know, right now we're in the development period, and we're you know putting the deal together. Uh, we're putting the financing together. Uh, we're we're developing the master site plan, which will show how this 124 acres will be laid out. Uh, we plan to announce a groundbreaking next uh, spring, sometime or early summer. Uh, the stages will take at least a year to be built, so filmmaking will really not occur on the property until the summer, the fall of 2017. And I know that sounds a long way off, but it's really not. We've already had an executive vice president with one of the major studios come to the area and and you know see what was going on because they had heard about the project out on the West Coast and wanted to see where we were at with that. They are very interested in filming in the Carolinas. And, um, you know, I think this is going to be a huge... Uh, a development eventually for uh, for Rock Hill and the Carolinas and South Carolina uh, in general. Absolutely. Well, I know that the the whole Carolina film community is is very excited to follow what's going on, and we so much appreciate being able to talk to you directly about what you're doing there. And um, and if people want to follow the progress and everything, is the website really the best place to go? And Facebook, we have a Facebook page. Um, is it uh, Studio South? 
it's Studio South, right? And we also have a Catawba Studios Facebook page, and Catawba Studios has a website. It's catawbastudios.com, so they can check out the progress on that. We on purpose have been somewhat under the radar screen, and we'll continue to do that uh, from our last experience with the media in Charlotte. Um, we, it, it turned into a, a media circus, and 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 it got off point. So we're we're doing very limited uh, media um, for that. But we are we are grateful for your organization and proud to be a corporate sponsor of your organization. Absolutely, we're so glad that you're supporting our efforts, and we certainly are here anytime you want to uh, set the record straight or let the uh, public know what's going on again. We can uh, meet again anytime you want. And um, I'm just so glad you joined us today, Bert, and, um, and good luck with everything that's going on at Studio South. Thank you, Kristen. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. And thank you so much to our sponsor, Ground Crew Studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, for hosting our podcast today. This has been Kirsten Barrington-Hughes with the Carolina Film Community. Music composed by Sean Beck.